0: Welcome to the Broken Vessels Podcast. Jeremiah 18.4 states, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. This is the Broken Vessels Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Simpkins. This is a podcast where we have discussions on theological themes for the broken to bring encouragement and hope in Christ. And I would like to welcome you back to the Broken Vessels Podcast. We're very glad that you joined us today. Um, I do just want to remind you that the Broken Vessels Podcast can be found on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and uh, also on YouTube. I just want to uh, thank you very much for being here with us today. Um, this is episode 19, where we're going to be talking about the subject of pietism, being broken by pietism. Now, pietism is a term that I didn't really know. I'd never heard that term before, but the actual concepts behind what pietism is it's always something that i've kind of recognized but i just didn't really have a word for it well i actually came across a uh, podcast over a year ago that really helped me to understand this concept and it's just completely revolutionized the way that i see the gospel And help me to really understand things like we've talked about on this podcast, law-gospel distinction, the difference between justification and sanctification. And pietism has a lot to do with kind of weaving in and out of all of these things. And uh, so that's what we're going to discuss today. And I have the privilege of having uh, the host of that podcast, which is Theocast, Rest in Christ. I have John Moffitt who is a pastor of Grace Reform Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee. He is the uh, founding, um, you founded Theocast, right, John? Uh, one of them, yes. Yeah. So uh, John Moffat, he founded, one of the founders of Theocast. It's just a great podcast, and um, he and Justin, and you all know that we've had Justin Perdue, the other host of Theocast, on. And they just have a great Understanding of uh, these concepts and putting it in a in a way that people like you and me can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, John, I'm just really thankful that you're here. Um, by the way, John, he is in Spring Hill, Tennessee. He's married to his wife, Judith. They have four kids, Karis, Titus, Jane, and Knox. I love those names, too, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Um, my son's name is actually Titus, too, so I thought oh, that, there you go. I, I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so John, uh, we just want to thank you for joining us for the Broken Vessels podcast, and welcome.
1: Yeah, it's so good to be here, and obviously we've had the opportunity to meet a couple of times and super thankful to have you at our church and uh, excited to be on this podcast. I can't tell you how excited Justin and I get to know there are other podcasts out there proclaiming the gospel and... uh the more the merrier, because as we know, this world is uh, full of bad information and Satan is uh, definitely strong in his message. So we need to uh, make sure we're loud and proclaiming the gospel. So I'm thankful to be on here.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. And just just to kind of let you know, you and Justin and your podcast and guys like Pat Abendroth, who we've also had on this podcast, you guys, by the grace of God, really influence me. To want to do this, to mm. to want to bring encouragement and hope to the broken through understanding these things, right? And um, so, I'm just really uh, grateful for you guys and for just the ministry that you're doing. And I agree with you that this this message needs to get shouted from the rooftops. <laughs> yeah. Well, brother, let's go ahead and get into it. Can you define for our listeners? what pietism is and Mm -hmm. explain where it comes from
1: yeah well it's it's an interesting word it's an old word and sometimes people can get it confused in piety and we'll talk about that in a moment in more depth but piety is actually a good word you and i would both want to uh, pursue piety uh, and really what piety is it's it's a to reflect and pursue things that are representative of the nature of god Right. Holiness. Mm -hmm. So holiness is a good thing. And we want that. And it's a practice by which we are going to love God and love neighbor. And um, there are actions by which we would take to do those things. Piety, pietism is very different, though. It's the negative. Isms tend to be very bad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We we, we don't want isms in our theology. uh, But pietism is different in that instead of emphasizing or paying attention to what we'd say the object of our faith, uh, being Jesus Christ, and we're looking to him for our comfort, we're looking to him for our salvation, we're looking to him for our assurance, meaning that it was his power and his work that saved us. Pietism ends up going from an outward perspective, where we're, as it says in you know, uh, Hebrews, laying aside the way and the sin that easily besets us, and then looking to what? right? Looking unto Jesus, the mm-hmm. author and finisher of our faith. Well, what Pietism is, and kind of the way it was formulated, is that it turned our gaze off of Christ, and it turned it on to us and our performance. And so, Pietism uh, really uh, started uh, I mean, there's, there's, you could probably find it know, all all over the place, but the kind of the word and and uh, the formation of it started within a lot of the Puritans and back during kind of the Reformation, Counter Reformation, and you would, I mean, even spiritual disciplines is a great example, which started during the Counter Reformation as a very piestic perspective because spiritual disciplines is very much you focusing on your actions, your abilities, your dedication to find your. Uh, two two things to find your your assured footing. Uh, am I good with God? And to find your progress. Am I progressing with God? Am I am I moving closer in godliness? And so it's a really fine line because sometimes people will say, "Well, then, John, you don't care about holiness. You don't care about godliness. You don't care about fighting sin." Yeah. And <laughs> right, and that's what pietists will tend to you know, say to you. But pietism, you know, I experienced this very early on in my life, where uh, the emphasis was, the way it was kind of presented to me was, you are saved by grace alone, you know, and that was really grounded in my head that there was, there's no way I was ever going to take credit for my salvation. Mm -hmm. And most pietists would agree with that. But When it came to my obedience, my effectiveness, or whether God approved of me or God would bless me or protect me, that was based upon my performance. How well was I performing and acting? How well was I doing the spiritual acts? And so instead of focusing my attention and gazing my eyes and gleaning more on Christ and finding my hope, there, I became extremely introspective. It was always, did I pray enough? Did I read enough? Did I fight sin enough? It did. And it was the dead eyes or the do illustration I used to use all the time is um, my brother and I, we used to go to this Air Force base and we were walking our friend's dog and I had the dog. So he was just going to go run to the park. And so he's running, sun is setting. And he's really impressed with how well he's running. He's like seven, (laughs) <laughs> and he's really impressed with how he's running. And so he's watching his shadow while he's running and he runs right into a tree oh, and man. just falls right back <laughs> on, his, on his back. Yeah. And it, because he had no idea where he was going. And and that's a lot of the, the danger of pietism is that what ends up happening is instead of focusing on where we're going and why we're going there and really how we're going to get there by, you know, the author and finisher of our faith, Christ, we start focusing on ourselves. And before we, know it we run into we run into obstacles or objects and it knocks us on our back spiritually and then we don't know what to do and then we blame ourselves and you know let us i need to try harder and so pietism is this this perpetual treadmill that you just you run really hard and really fast but you don't feel like you're going anywhere and it only leads to discouragement as you have already experienced yeah. um, there's just no hope you always question your salvation and what's interesting about pietism is is that um, people feel as if they're very effective and they're doing something for God. But in essence, they're not. And the reason I mean that is when pietism, instead of the focus being on Christ, his kingdom and the advancement of the gospel and the light of the kingdom in the world— we're too worried about how we're doing. Right. And so we get really excited when there's personal progress and personal progress leads to self-righteousness and self-righteousness leads to judgmentalism. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of like the the, the description of pietism
0: and really kind of like the danger all in kind of one answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you kind of alluded to this. So piety is a good thing. You know, that's yeah. something that we should all desire and, right. and and seek to emulate. But can you kinda delve into a little bit more what the difference is um, or what the distinction is between piety and pietism? Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I, I would say that the simplest form, piety, is got our attention out going outside of ourselves. We're not looking to ourselves mm-hmm. for our salvation for our righteousness, for our acceptability, for our blessings, uh, for our power, we're looking to an object that is outside of ourselves and that object of our faith is Jesus. And so piety is to as you know as it says in 1st John, you know, what we will be, as we are not yet, it's not arrived, but while we wait, we purify ourselves as he is pure, right? Mm-hmm. So pietism is to see how glorious and beautiful Jesus Christ is, and then desire to reflect that, because it glorifies God and it benefits others. Um, we're not doing it, to gain something. I love how Paul says this in Ephesians. So we'll just use some passages that would be kind of helpful for this as far as piety. But Ephesians chapter four, he says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Well, I love that because he's saying he's giving you the concrete finality of your faith see when God calls you his child you can't uncall yourself nope. that <laughs> if he gives you the title the title remains uh-huh. and so he says now child now that you've been called that here's how you are to respond in a way that's worthy of your name uh-huh. and he never calls into a question he never threatens the believer he's just saying hey look you got a you have a new name you have a new title you have a new Uh, familiarity with God. And so then he says to walk with, uh, you know, meekness, humbleness, and gentleness, which is interesting is that Paul's call to piety has nothing to do with one standing as far as like, do these things to gain your status or Mm -hmm. do these things to grow in these status. He says, you have this status, you have the title child. You are in union with Christ. You are righteous. Now let's, let's, let's act like that. So piety is the practice of living out the declaration of who you are in Mm -hmm. God. Right Pietism to go back is trying to act in a way to gain these statuses or to gain this assurance or to gain these positions and so uh, another way of this is you know second Peter one, he gives the believer these actions you know add if you start in the first three verses, he says everything. <clears throat> that you could need for life and godliness has already been granted to you, right? Yeah. And so then he says, add to your faith, meekness and gentleness and kindness and long-suffering and godliness, and he gives a glorious list of things that you and I were like, yeah, those would be great to live around somebody who acts like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he's giving him piety, and it's good. And then he says, but if you're not doing these things, he doesn't question the calling he doesn't question his position he says you've forgotten you've been cleansed from your former sins so what's interesting about piety piety is always motivated by our position by the gospel mm-hmm. it's never motivated by fear doubt anxiety Pietism is the opposite of that. Pietism is always motivated by fear, doubt, and anxiety. Meaning that if I don't do this, I'll lose my salvation, or I'll lose my assurance, or I'll lose my blessings, I'll have something bad will happen to me. Right? It's God's going to bring the hammer down on me. You got it. So it's fear based obedience, whereas piety is grace based obedience. You know, like in Romans two, and it says the kindness of God is meant to lead to repentance. This this is being drawn to us because of our position. Mm-hmm.
0: Something I've appreciated and heard you talk about over and over again is that passage in um, I think it, you just read it. It's in First Peter, right? A second Peter or Second Peter, yes. But giving that list of things, and then and then you've talked about well, what happens when we're not doing those things? It's not that we have lost our standing. It's just that we've become ineffective. We've kind of mm-hmm. become stagnant in our faith. It hasn't changed our standing. Before God, the father, because we're in Christ, he's, we are perfect standing before God, the father, Mm -hmm. but we're just ineffective in the way that we again, show gratitude and live in the grace and knowledge of Christ. That's right. And then we just, we're not serving our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Mm -hmm. and that's the whole point of us even being here is serving one another and Mm -hmm. loving one another. And we kind of miss that. So, well, uh, I also thought it was interesting too. You given that illustration of the shadow. That's that's much of what I. And and then you talked about the treadmill. Hmm. Um, I I always call it a hamster wheel. I feel like you're on the hamster wheel, right? (laughs) Uh, But it's interesting because it's. I think you made a good point that it's like getting the cart before the horse. It's the cabooses you know, pulling the train or the tail is wagging the dog too. I think those are other good ways of looking at it because we're, we're taking our works and our obedience and we're making that the primary uh, thing with which we please God. When the thing that pleases God is Christ's obedience for us. That's right. And and it's not to say that us living in obedience does bring pleasure to the lord i'm i'm I'm, i I, we know that it does but that should not be the primary thing that we're doing It, it, it the primary reason why we do what we do is to love one another so anyway why is understanding the effects of this pietistic teaching in the church so important for us as believers and i'd like you to give some examples of what that looks like because many times i sometimes i'll be listening to a sermon and something will pop out to me, and I'll be like, "Man, that sounds pietistic." But sometimes it's hard to know if I'm just being too critical. Mm-hmm. So, but I do think it's important for people to be able to see. It's like you said, like pietists will say, "You're you're saved by grace through faith alone," but then you start hearing little things as they go through and teach. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden pietism start, I, I, you start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. So if you could just like, again, what, what are the effects of this on Mm -hmm. us as believers and give some examples of what it looks like?
1: Yeah. Well, the effects are extremely damaging. I've been, been, uh, doing podcasting for, well, I guess eight years now, seven, eight years, something like that. Mm. And, um, you know, over those years, we've been we've been trying to explain. I think one of our very first episodes was on Pietism when we first started the podcast. And, you know, we started getting contacted by listeners and just really sad stories. And then amazing stories of freedom and, and liberation, which is great mm-hmm. to hear. But the effects of it is that you end up becoming very introspective. And uh, the moment you become introspective, there's there's only darkness inside of you oh yeah <laughs> there's only there's only um you know if you're going to look to your own strength and your own means uh it's like walking into a you know, it's like walking into a, a glass shop where everything's been shattered, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I, every time I step or walk or touch anything, I get poked and bleed, and and there's there's nothing of value to put together, and that's that's what Pietism ends up doing. But then it's just kind of like, well, I need another book, I need another sermon, I need a I need to try harder, I need I need I need, and so again, where are your eyes? You're trying to self-improve, and you're trying to to put together a shattered life. And I love how Hebrews says this. He says, laying aside the weight and the sin that easily besets us, looking... Where where does Hebrews pull your eyes? He pulls your eyes off of yourself, and he puts them on Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's not put your eyes on Christ so you don't obey. And sometimes people... When they hear, you know, me talk or preach or or Theocast, they can assume that, oh, you know, rest in Christ just means that I just do nothing. You I just, I'm sitting here as a fat Christian waiting for, you know, Jesus to come back. And then when he comes back, you know, and that's not what it means to rest in Christ means my standing and my future are all resting in his ability. Right. And therefore I obey. Right. Mm -hmm. I obey his commands because he does give us commands to love the father and to love each other, which I always laugh. You know, there's two great commands to to love God and to love others. And then people come to me and they're like, yeah, but you need to give us things to do. You need to. like." I was like, well, here's the deal. Once you got that down, loving God and loving your neighbors, you come back to me and I'll give you more things to do. And they kind of look at me like, "Well, that's ridiculous." I'm like, "Well, no, what you're asking for is ridiculous, right?" <laughs> but uh, the effects of it is they're always trying to look at how well they're doing, and the worst effect I think there's two massive effects, and it's on either side. I was just talking to Justin about this yesterday. You either up on you end up on one side or the other on this. You either are so Wrecked by how horrible you are, mm-hmm. that you just, you always are questioning your salvation. You just cannot find the love of God to be, you know, when it says in Romans, nothing is separated from the love of God. Well, you do feel separated that you're, you're, even though Romans tells you you can't be separated, you feel separated because of, you're just not living up to the standard that pietism has set before you. And by the way, pietism, it, it's like the Lucy and Charlie Brown scene where every time he goes to cook the football, he, you know, he, she moves the football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a really good uh, illustration.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like, the, it's like everything is always moving, it's always in flux and there's no stability and that's just not you know so there's that that's that feeling that you have all the time the other side of it is that you feel like you're crushing it and you you know you've got your set a list of things that you are like well these are my spiritual acts and spiritual disciplines and it creates an immense amount of judgmentalism and self-righteousness well
0: not only that but then you become blind to the places where you are failing that's right I, I mean you're you're doing all the things on the list, you're checking the boxes, and yet you got like all these these ten fifteen, twenty other things over here that you're not even paying attention to because you're like, well, I'm so good over here, that's outweighing all that bad stuff, you know,
1: yeah. Well, and it also prevents us from being able to confess our sins. Totally. And to confess our weakness. And so everybody, you know, I've been in churches like this, where everybody is like this rock star Christian, and they don't have <laughs> any problems, and they don't have any sins. And I just walk up to them, I'm like, you ever heard of James 5, where it says, confess your sins to one another? So what sin would you like to confess? And they just look at you like, you, you, you've lost your mind. <laughs> yeah, but, well,
0: they probably look at you like a deer in the headlights, like, oh no, what does he know about me? <laughs> <You> know?
1: <laughs> right. right. I always tell my congregants they always you know when i meet with them or counseling and you know they're afraid to talk to me i say hey, i already assume you're a sinner because i know i am so go ahead and relax and let's talk you know let's just let's talk about what your problems are yeah
0: i I really like uh what you said about what resting in christ really looks like and uh, you know when we're resting, and, and like you said, it's not like we're just sitting back being fat Christians, just waiting for everything to be given to us. And the truth of the matter is everything is given to us by Christ. Hmm. But it, obedience is still uh, a, a part of our lives. But that's an it, like one thing that I've always appreciated that you guys have said. That is a natural outworking of the Holy Spirit. It's organic. It's something that the Spirit does in our lives. Uh, he works that in us. And I'll tell you what, when when I finally got to the point where I was able to understand the, these concepts, when I was able to understand the difference between the law and the gospel, when I was able to understand what sanctification really looks like as opposed to justification, when I was able to understand what pietism is and how I want to avoid that, once I understood those things, man, dude, like... I just had so much peace in my heart, and I still know I'm a dirty, rotten, lousy sinner just like the rest of us, Mm. but I don't have to worry that God is looking down on me and he's angry with me because, oh, you screwed up. Now God is mad at you, and that's something I used to always hear. I, I, I believe that you came from a fundamentalist background just as I came from a fundamentalist background. And that's a lot of what is disseminated in that group mm. is that if if you're not doing A, B, C, or D, or if you do A, B, C, or D, God is mad at you and he's going to punish you. And he's going, you know, and of course they always go to the, the place in Hebrews where it says, you know, a father disciplines. But that's just it. It's a father lovingly <laughs> disciplining his son. It's not mm. this mean God. You know, almost like the Old Testament God, he's going to bring his wrath down on you. You know, that's not what he's doing. He's He's lovingly guiding you. So I, I really appreciate just the idea of rest. Mm. So, so we've talked about the effects. Now, can you give just some, maybe if you can think of maybe some, a few specific examples just to help our listeners, because this may be the first time somebody has even heard this concept, okay? Mm-hmm. I want you to give them, Something that they can kind of have practically in their mind. So the next time they hear it, they're like, oh, yeah, there it is. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's hard because, um, you know, early on when I when I started learning this and I know a lot of people, it's kind of like you, you, you enter into the hyper stage where any type of call to obedience is pietism. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? oh, and uh, that's not true. Uh, we, and we have to be careful of that. And
0: we tend to pendulum swing. <laughs> we do.
1: We do. And, and so. You know, I think this is where, uh, you know, understanding a proper law gospel distinction is important. You know, the gospel is the glorious work of what Christ has done on our behalf. There is no do; It's only done. And then the law is um, what one must do in order to be righteous in the eyes of God. That's, you know, clear distinction. But once one is in Christ... Then, the law becomes a guide for us right it, mm-hmm. no, it can 't condemn us and it 's not how we earn righteousness because we already have righteousness. The law is then there to, to guide us and how to love God and love others. so I think to be able to to understand uh, the difference is when when you hear things when you when you 're listening reading or, or listening to a, a pastor or a podcast or whatever. And the, it's it's really a tone and emphasis that you're going to start picking up on. So, you know, I really encourage my children to obey. I really want them to. It's, it's for their benefit. It's for the benefit of those around them. But I always help them understand that we receive joy in the comfort of our father when we obey out of love because we know he loves us. So, like, when John says... We love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a wonderful motivation, right? That's mm-hmm. an emphasis. The emphasis is, hey, love because God loves you. Obey because you've been called the son of God. You know, show grace uh, in the model prayer and forgive us our debts as we forgive, right, others, mm-hmm. right? So there's always we give because we've been given, right? Well, in pietism, it seems to invert that <laughs> instead of joy and blessings be, or and, and responding to love and responding to grace that we received. It's fear, you know, it's hatred and loss. So you, you better do these things or you may not be saved or you better do these things or, you know, God's going to uh, come after you. You better do these things or you know, something bad is going to happen. And, there, and it can be in all of the extremes. But the motivation is always fear and doubt, mm-hmm. right? Fear and doubt. And when we think about the biblical motivations, oh, yeah, there's some strong warnings in Scripture for those who have hard hearts and for those who are unwilling to see their sin. You know, Paul talks about some very pointed things, but he always uses the gospel, to motivate us and call us back. You know, like even in Galatians 6, 1, it says, when someone is trapped in sin, it says, you who are spiritual, go to such a one and restore them with a spirit of meekness and gentleness, right? Right. Notice the attitude there, right? Like, pietism would be harshness and brashness, and yeah. it would use fear and doubt, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, where it's interesting is Paul doesn't, even with the man who's sleeping with the, with the in the Corinthians, when the man's sleeping with the, his mother-in-law, he never calls him an unbeliever. He says, "Cast him out. Let him see, let him be in the cold, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that we can call him, we can draw him back in. We want we want to bring him back in. Treat him like an unbeliever, so he understands how horrible that is, and then bring him back in. But it's always done with a spirit of meekness and gentleness. So it's easy to kind of spot pietism because." They're going to be calling you to obey and even calling you to good things and things that are, are right and, and holy. But the motivation is either self-improvement, self sanctification, or the the fear of loss or the fear of condemnation or really you're going to, you know, they love verses like examine yourself, you know, so that there's this always this self introspection and that's probably the easiest way to identify pietism is that there's always the self introspection all the time the self-examination all the time where they're turning you and your works to turn in on yourselves you know examining how do have I produced a fruit have I obeyed enough and I always love asking this question when I hear a pastor or a book pressing pietism on me and they're giving you this if if, I, if there's not enough fruit then you should question your salvation and my answer to that is how much does god require in order for me to have assurance and they can't give me an answer you know is it like i love this illustration you know joshua i have never murdered anybody mm-hmm. never I must be a Christian. Right. <laughs> because, and as long as I don't murder anybody, that's at least one fruit that I know that I'm a believer. And they look at me and they're like, no, that doesn't count.
0: <laughs> the The truth of the matter, though, is as we go to Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you all have murdered in your mm-hmm. heart. <laughs>
1: That's right. There's none innocent. There's no. none, as Paul says. There's none righteous.
0: Yeah, I saw this as we were getting ready to do the podcast today, and I and I saw a post on Facebook this morning, and I, and I'm going to read this statement. I want to ask you um, mm-hmm. because, like you said, like we can get like even blinders on when we're like we're like spotting pietism everywhere when it may not be pietism. But I I saw this statement, and I and I just want to ask you. Mm -hmm. Because this is a good exercise for our listeners. So like when they're reading things like quotes or uh, things like that, that they think, oh, that sounds good. That sounds right. Or they may be thinking, there's something a little off with that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read this statement. I want you to tell our listeners, does this sound like pietism to you? Mm -hmm. If you've got your eyes on Jesus, he will never let you down.
1: Uh, No, because if that's the case, then his faithfulness to me is based on my faithfulness to him.
0: Right. (laughs) And I spotted it immediately. I was like, they put that little word if in there. So it made it like transactional and then it put it on me. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep my eyes on Jesus and then he won't let me down. But if, yeah. I, if I'm not keeping my eyes on Jesus, oh man, he's going to let me down all over the place. Well, that's not the God that I serve. <laughs> <You> no,
1: <know? laughs> and this is why we have a little book that you, you've probably written, uh, read and yes. um, I'd encourage your listeners. You can get it free on our website or go to Amazon and buy it. It's called uh, Rest, A Consideration of Faith Versus like Our Faith in Christ mm-hmm. Versus Our Faithfulness to Christ. Right, And when you consider... Uh, What you just talked about there is to say that God will take care of me and bless me as long as I am faithful. No, Jesus is the one who authored my faith. He sustains my faith. Right. And this is why I love Hebrews when he says that. Right. Look to Jesus. Because he has you, and and that's what's so interesting about even Hebrews. Because Hebrews, the whole book of Hebrews is about how Christ is the greater, right? He's the greater priest, the greater prophet, the greater, greater Moses. You know, mm-hmm. he's he, he, the the what everything the law was designed to show us how we failed. Christ is the one who does not fail, uh, and just how John says that he loses none. Right? It's not our faithfulness to Christ that gives us hope it's Christ's faithfulness to us again that doesn't mean we do not obey. We obey, mm-hmm. but we obey by faith in Christ. We do not obey by faith. We do not find our hope and encouragement or knowing that God's going to take care of us because of our faithfulness. You know, a lot of times, brother, we approach our relationship to the Father and to Christ, like we do a marital relationship or a friend relationship. Mm-hmm. And and on th- between two sinners, it is true that we do need to remain faithful to each other. and We want to try our best to be unconditional in our relationships. But you and I both know that a, a toxic enough relationship, there can be a divide. And um, that's just because that's how two sinners work. And we take that same mentality where there there needs to be kind of a 50 50 percent here we we both need to put effort into this and we assume that when we're failing to put effort into our relationship with god then god's doing the same on on his part he's going to go pull back yeah that's not how the bible presents our relationship with god i mean just look at how god faithfully brought israel (laughs) along even though they failed in all kinds of ways all the time (laughs) right he fulfilled his promise to bless the nations, to bring the Messiah, to bring the gospel, not based upon human faithfulness. He did it based upon his covenant, his promises. And so the, that, that is the easiest way to spot pietism is that is it telling you about how to increase your faith in Christ because Christ is sufficient? Or is it telling you how to be more faithful to Christ? Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way to spot
0: it. Well, brother, this has been a great uh, conversation, really kind of introductory, helping our listeners to understand pietism, uh, understanding distinctions between pietism and piety, uh, Mm -hmm. understanding the effects that this kind of teaching can have. Um, I'd like to have you uh, for another episode, if you don't mind, and so we can really talk about how this affects brokenness in our lives. And Mm. I'd like you to share some of maybe your own personal experiences with that, as well as uh, I'd like to talk solutions and we all know what the solution is. It's the gospel, but I'd I'd like to flesh that out. So if we Mm. could talk about that and we'll do another episode, does that sound good? That sounds great. I would love to. Wonderful. And everyone um, just to let you know, please check out theocast.org. That's uh, John and Justin's uh, ministry website. Uh, Grace Reformed, um, Network is a network of church, uh, a new church network that they've also put together, um, that I'm very excited about. And, uh, um, I, I think all of you should go and support that ministry. And uh, again, um, just like uh, John said, and I'll put in the show notes, check out uh, Faith Versus Faithfulness. I think it, that's what it used to be called. And then you changed the name to rest. But right. the, the primer on rest, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very good book and it's very encouraging. And uh, check out all their content on YouTube. And um, I believe you guys are on Apple and Spotify and mm-hmm. all the all the major platforms. So check yes. them out. They will encourage you greatly. And we're going to have John back. Uh, Next week, and uh, we'd like to thank you for being here on the Broken Vessels podcast.